Welcome to Real Talk Manitoba, a podcast bringing you monthly insights into all things real estate from Manitoba Realtors. Well, thanks so much for joining us on the first inaugural episode of Real Talk Manitoba. I'm your host, David Von Mayenfeld. And in part one of this two-part episode, we'll look at some of the different ways the real estate industry has been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. We have two guests here to share with you a wealth of expertise. David Powell, broker and owner of Powell Property Group, is the 2019 president of the Manitoba Real Estate Association and chair of the MREA Global Business Council. I'm also pleased to welcome Jennifer Berthelet, realtor with Ethos Realty in Winnipeg and director on the MREA Board of Directors. David, let me turn it over to you. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I will start off maybe when I got into real estate, and that was probably when the earth cooled and I realized that there was a need for organized real estate. But I've been doing this for 30 years and became a broker somewhere around 1994 and have been involved in organized real estate from the local level to the provincial level to the national level and have a strong interest on how our market moves and look forward to hopefully I don't want to say the next 30 years, but maybe a few more years. <laughs> there you go. So Jennifer, over to you. I started in real estate about 13 years ago. I was a remedial massage therapist at that time. And I was <laughs> massaging my father-in-law who was a broker. And he just kept talking about how amazing real estate was. And uh, so I had a, a sort of a come to realized that uh, maybe it was something I wanted to explore. So I switched careers 13 years ago and haven't looked back. Well, we have a wealth of experience with us today. So thanks again uh, to both of you for joining us here on this first episode. And um, I guess, as everyone knows, this past year has been a really pivotal time in, in the market. So uh, I'm sure we'll have no shortage of, of things to talk about. So Jennifer, let's, let's start with you. You know, how would, how would you sum it up? How would I sum it up? Um, I would say that many factors have converged at the same time to make our market extremely uh, active, uh, low inventory, low interest rates, higher prices. I think we're in a correction period but it's taken a, a bit of getting used to for our buyers, for sure. So, so what do you think, David? Uh, you know, building on what Jennifer said, what would, you, what would you have to add? Well, especially over the last year, the pandemic has caused a major disruption with, you know, knee-jerk reaction. And first of all, I'll give kudos to the Manitoba Real Estate Association for getting its realtor members categorized as essential service and uh, offering good insight to good pandemic protocols to work through the pandemic and real estate in real estate industry ebbs and flows and realtors are some of the most creative and inventive people in business and and adapt very quickly in terms of buyer market or seller market so it happened very quickly rather than an ease if we talk about you know early 2001 to 2007 where we saw steady growth and the market's becoming more active. This was knee-jerk reaction and, and realtors, public had to react very quickly. David, you know, take me back to where you were a year ago, say late 2019, early, um, 
early 2020, before all, before all of this happened. Can you describe that period for us? Well, late 2019, in my opinion, seemed like a fairly balanced market. Maybe the condominium market was a little bit oversupplied, but it seemed like business as usual. Um, there are good listings out there in the resale market that will always sell and, and sometimes attract multiple offers for them. But for the most part, the market was very balanced. If you ask me if my crystal ball were, you know, were seeing what was going to happen, the answer is no, I didn't. Um, but once again, like I said earlier, we acted quite quickly. So Jennifer, would you would you agree with David? I you know I recall uh, December 2019 being told that at the time we had record inventory on the market, and I mean here we are now. We've basically gone a full 180. Would you agree? I would absolutely agree. I actually started uh, demolishing my kitchen, um, having just come back from San Francisco in 2019, because I thought I had at least a month or two to, you know, renovate this entire kitchen myself. Um, I was wrong. I was, uh, I was seriously wrong. It, um, it was very busy. It was, there was a lot of unknowns, um, a lot of fear, a lot of worry uh, from everyone. But as David said, I mean, we adapt as a, as an industry very quickly and very well. So fast forward to today, you know, successive months of record sales, demand is just eating through listings at a, at a torrid pace. It's, you know, it's a highly competitive market. You know, as a realtor, do you feel like you're running around with your hair on fire? Like, how do you deal with it? What's it like? David, if you're asking me, I believe it's how the realtor adapts and conveys the message of the market change to consumers, not just buyers, but sellers also. In seller markets, buyers need a little bit more attention and, and to their due diligence and how to proceed. And, and sellers don't want to leave money on the table. It doesn't matter if it's a good market or a bad market. So how do we get through it? Uh, obviously, a trained realtor knows how to react with buyers in, in terms of competitive markets and making sure the buyer gets their due diligence done. And on the flip side of that coin, the realtor knows how to instruct their seller how to deal in, in such crazy times where markets are changing almost weekly. Now, how about the day-to-day -day experience of it? I mean, Jennifer, I know you know you're going to a, you're going into a home. They're sanitized. Everybody's wearing masks. What's the experience like on a personal level? Personally speaking, um, and professionally speaking, it's a complete 180 from what I've been used to. I mean, I've always vetted my buyers before taking them into a seller's home, but you're being extra careful. You have to be extra careful with your buyers and you have to be extra protective of your sellers. Um, we are going through a pandemic here. So, you know, COVID disclosures, trying to do more Zoom meetings with buyers right now, um, just to explain sort of the expectations of what the market is and just more education. I mean, that if there had never been another year where you'd want a realtor, it would be this year. We sell dozens of homes a year where the buyer might buy one. So we have current active acute knowledge of the market and how to protect you from the elements and also just uh, the market. Like Jennifer said, it, it, buyers can easily get caught up in, in the frenzy of a market. 
especially with multiple offers. You know, realtors don't turn this into an auction. There are protocols in place uh, within our industry on how to deal with multiple offers. We use our data and our stats that are provided to us to give buyers good instruction on where the market is at and where we believe it's going. So, you know, Jennifer's absolutely 100% correct that realtors are there to mediate the situation, keep their buyers in check and, and do the best they can for the seller. I know it sounds like sometimes we wear two hats and we do. However, we have enough education, training and integrity behind the, doing the transaction in real estate that the public are guided through the process with a level of, uh, of integrity and, and, and comfortability when buying their home. So as a buyer, how do you stay smart right now? Is there a formula? Is it as simple as keeping your options open? Maybe, you know, you can't be quite as prescriptive about, you know, which neighborhood you want to be in or the type of home. Do you have to consider, you know, perhaps a type of property that might not be on the top of your list? Like what's, what's the formula? Yes, yeah. I do think that you should <laughs> be a little bit open, open-minded. Um, I've always had buyer consults. That's sort of how I've done my business. So I would meet someone at a coffee shop and we would talk about, you know, uh, buyer agreements. We would talk about what they were looking for, criteria, matching them with their, their home. And now it's just a little bit more um, broad. You know, some people who had thought single detached was the only way to go are now finding townhomes or single attached or condos as a as an affordable option. And they're a lot more like we adapt as realtors, but so do buyers. I would agree with that. I, you know, how do you get smarter in this industry? Some of my first advice to either a seller or a buyer is patience. Mm-hmm. You create a criteria that you want. Uh, make sure it's viable in today's market. Make sure the buyer understands on where that market's going. And remember, a seller who sells their home for today's market value, all of a sudden, unless they're going into um, a rental facility, are going to be a buyer also. Mm-hmm. So it, it is a bit of a circle that buyers and sellers go through. And the way you can get a little bit smarter in this is, is really connect with your realtor, understand where the market and the pricing is going, and patience. A lot of times mistakes are made when, when either buyer or seller go out there and, and uh, they get a little anxious in the situation. So lean on your realtor to keep, keep, the, keep the water steady. So I want to focus on young people here with this next question. And I'm, I'm going to throw out some stats from realtor.ca, which offer some great insights on the local market. So here in Winnipeg, 60% of those looking at listings are under 45 years old, 60% of viewers are first-time buyers, and 53% of total users are women. So this would suggest to me that your most likely buyer today is under 45, female, and a first-time buyer. So let me also note that according to a recent study by National Bank, saving for a down payment in Canada has never been more difficult. So factoring in current market conditions, as a realtor, has there ever been a more challenging time to help a first-time buyer? Well, for myself, um, I've been at this 13 years versus David's 30 years, so he might have a longer memory than I do. Um, but first of all, I want to thank you for calling me young. I'm 43, so I guess I fall under the young person's um, description there. So thank you for that. Um, it has its challenges, for sure. 
Um, I find myself having more conversations with lenders. So I want basically that first time home buyer, whether they be young or old, um, to feel comfortable that we're a team, the three of us. Um, so there's a lot of conversations that might be um, like group messages and group texts and group conversations and Zoom meetings. Um, I think there's a lot more planning involved. I want my buyers to feel super comfortable with being educated, knowing exactly what they're getting, but also being extremely open to different ideas. And they are. They're coming to me with a lot of different ideas. People who thought that they wanted houses, maybe looking at condos. And it's interesting, actually, there are less appraisals happening with 5% down. So I think at one time we wanted buyers to have a lot of money down. But I think, you know, 5% down isn't a bad word anymore. So David, what do you think? And I, and I mean, let me qualify this by saying, you know, has it ever been more challenging for a first time buyer? And I don't mean in the 1980s. You know what? I, I really don't agree with the comment at all. I think it's far easier right now for a buyer, a first time home buyer. You, it doesn't matter what generation it is. This decade, last decade, three decades ago, Prices have always, always been shock and awe. I can tell you when my father bought his brand new home in 1972 for $22,000, he sat on a milk carton in his living room, a Qualco home out in Crestview, put his head in his hands and said, how am I ever going to buy this? Go back to uh, my grandfather or that generation, bought a home after the war for $1,800. 20 years to pay it off at $5 a month. Right now, interest rates are ridiculously low. Buyers out there right now have the greatest opportunity at this point to buy, to get into the housing market, lending institutions offering such low interest rate. People get stuck on pricing. Right now, for every $10,000 worth of mortgage money, and this is what your first-time home buyer is negotiating, is mortgage money. Unless they're buying with cash, and I don't know how many Realtor members out there are dealing with first-time homebuyers with cash, but let's say for the most part, they have mortgage money. Well, they're negotiating $40 for every 10 grand. For $100,000, $400. It's not a matter of affordability. That's why you see the market the way it is right now. It's highly affordable for first-time homebuyers to get in there, into the market. In fact, in my 30 years, this is the easiest it's ever been. What about the lack of supply? I mean, homes are selling in days. I live in the city within two kilometers of my home. There's not a single house on the market. The couple that have come up in, you know, the past few weeks have been, you know, gone before you know it. And like, and where, I, and you, where, say, you, where say, you find it? Where, where are you finding homes? I, I mean, but like I'll, I'll I, say, I hear what you're saying, David, but I'm going to say, so what? I'm going to tell you that if homes are selling in one or two days, and we have record number of sales over the last 30 years, no more Manitobans have not bought more homes ever than under than in the first quarter of 2021. So Manitobans are buying homes. They're taking advantage of a great interest rate, low unemployment, and a strong cash flow position. So you're right, they sell in one or two days. I'd ask the question, how long do you want them to be on the market? I'll tell you as a seller, you want it, if it's two days, it should be one day. Ask a real, <laughs> realtor how long it should be on the market. They want it done before they put the sign up. 
There's no magic equation out there. And that's why a buyer's got to get connected with a realtor because the realtor knows when it comes to market. The realtor knows how to deal within the process. So how does a buyer do it? Get connected with a realtor. And when you get connected with a realtor, you'll understand all these benefits of right now, 2021, why you should get out there and buy. Jennifer, I feel like you're just itching to jump in here. (laughs) Oh, I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm at the edge of my seat here. I mean, I don't disagree with what David's saying. He's absolutely right. I mean, things are selling very quickly. I think from what my experience is with my buyers, it's buyer fatigue. You might write three or four offers a week and not get any of those homes. Um, So you're dealing with that. Yes, it's great. Low interest rates, affordability, mortgaging. Yes, absolutely. All of those points are true, but it's also true to say that buyers are scared and buyers are tired <laughs> and the realtors representing them are tired. I, I speak to many realtors that are working themselves to the bone and not, not successful in the, the offer process. So, so it's, it's tiring. It's tiring so, for sure. So what do you tell, what do you tell a client like this? I mean, you've been racking up the mileage in your car. You've looked at, you know, dozens of homes, you know, you failed and uh, you failed on three offers. Like, what do you tell someone like that? I can imagine you're just, you know, they're just feeling incredibly deflated. Well, David said it earlier. It's patience. I've been working with a lot of buyers this year. I mean, more listings for sure, but you know, we've been successful. I mean, someone has to win that house, right? Someone has to buy that house. So a buyer agent is successful. Uh, That's just unfortunate. You can't sell (laughs) 15 buyers, the same home. Um, But yeah, you just patience, patience. So let me throw this out there. Uh, You know, in in Manitoba's market, it's for the past 10 years or so, it's, you know, it's been fairly steady, if not modest price growth. I think the average you know, annual price growth is, is under 5%. So, you know, solid, but not nothing spectacular and certainly nothing comparable to the red hot markets elsewhere um, in the country. And, you know, perhaps this is an unpopular opinion, but perhaps there's been some room for the type of growth we've seen over the past year. Yeah, I, I'm personally, I'm of the opinion that Winnipeg is a little bit undervalued. A lot of factors have happened for for this market to to take off the way it has. When I talk about factors, I mean, you look at major influences that happen in a marketplace, low unemployment, low interest rates. These are all major factors that are going to spike spike our marketplace. Compared to the rest of the country, we're we're pretty stable. Um, You know, in my 30 years, we've seen some spikes, but don't see that many dips. Um, growth is usually moderate between two to 4%. That's what you can expect. But in this type of market, you know, I said it earlier, a buyer shouldn't be waiting. Buy it today because there's just going to be more money tomorrow. Um, you know, you heard the multiple offer situation, 15 offers, 20 offers, 25 offers. And there's three, well, probably four happy people in that scenario, the seller, the buyer, and the two realtors involved. The other ones realize what the new price is and they have to go out and do it again. And they'll most likely pay more money because they weren't successful in their multiple offer situation. So as Manitoba goes through this growth spurt, the correction's not far behind. Behind, If you look at every strong market in in the history of Manitoba, 1987, 2007, behind every strong market is, is a correction. I couldn't agree more. And I think 
who owns the homes right now, right? I think when you look at vaccinations with COVID, right? I think the more people get vaccinated, the more comfortable people will be to put listings up. I think that realtors are probably calling their database right now, <laughs> trying to scrounge up some listings. Um, I know that when I put the uh, listing to market, I'm getting calls immediately. So um, if, if anything, I hope realtors out there that might be listening to this podcast Pull your database, call people, see if they're on the fence, see if they feel comfortable, if they have somewhere to go, even better. We need listings. We need listings. There's no doubt about it. So do you think some sellers are perhaps hesitant right now due to the pandemic? Say you're an empty nester. Maybe you're thinking at some point you want to downsize and, uh, you know, maybe move into a condo or a bungalow. And, and you're thinking, well, you know, maybe the last thing I want to do right now is have to move. 100%. But here's the thing. The unicorn seller right now, and I use this term lightly, is someone who's downsizing into a condo. <laughs> I mean, please, if those if those sellers are out there, please call me or any of my colleagues because you are in your best position, in my opinion. You, you are going to be taken care of by your realtor. We have, Maria's set up some very good protocols based on the health regulations. Um, we've been very successful at keeping this at bay um, COVID, I mean, as a, as an industry. And if you're going to a condo, there are more condos out there than homes. So, so David Powell, what do you say to someone who, you know, might call you up and say, well, you know, I'm keen to sell, but where would I go? Well, once again, I, I mean, the realtor practice and the business models, there's a big discussion. So if, if the question is, do I make a lateral move? Do, do I sell my house and take the value of my house and, and move into a different lifestyle condominium or townhouse. That's an easy, easy answer. And Jennifer answered it by saying right now there are more condominiums on the market than there are single family homes. I think when we talk about supply, I think I do a deep dive every Saturday to see how many bungalows are on the market that are over 700 square feet with a full basement. And I think the number is like a hundred in the city of Winnipeg and the, and the capital region. So when, when I hear that kind of stuff and I, when a buyer asks me or a seller asks me, where do I go? I mean, the next couple of questions are, well, where's your lifestyle taking you? You know, is it a condominium? Do you want to move out of your two-story into a bungalow? Well, you're going in from one frying pan to the next. So the answer, it's a bit of a loaded question. The answer is not easy. And it, it's really a, on a one-on-one -on -one basis of, of who the client is and, and where they're going. Easy answer for the sort of the 55 plus um, seller who's making a lifestyle change and is looking for a lock and leave in terms of a condo or a townhouse style, um, or maybe even moving out into the vacation property areas of, of cottage country. Are you this year more compared to previous years? You know, are you, are you hearing from people who are interested in maybe moving a little further outside the city, finding somewhere where they can spend some time in the in the summer as opposed to perhaps out of province or out of country? Um, I, I would say yes. I mean, I, I think just because of the nature of the market, sometimes that will push people outside of out of, you know, their their locational desire. If you're looking out west, you might start looking, you know, other than, let's say, Crestview and Westwood, you, you might start to creep into you know, Headingley, LaSalle or, or Rosser and the same thing on whatever the bedroom communities are just outside of the city of Winnipeg. And they're seeing a, a lot more activity also. But at the end of the day, you know, especially if you're in that age bracket of the 55 plus, there is a need for services. Um, 
you know, your health, fire, safety are, are always going to be on the top of your charts when, when, when you make that move outside the city. So there is, there is good growth in, in, in the bedroom communities outside of Winnipeg right now. And, and that usually ebbs and flows with market condition. Do you think a lot of that has to do with, you know, development and perhaps it's easier to, you know, get moving on things there than, uh, than elsewhere? Or is that a reflection perhaps both of, of where people want to be? I think a bit of both right now development has, especially since 2017 has, is focused on just outside of the perimeter because of the city's growth tax that was implemented and, and builders were not happy and developers were not happy about the extra tax that had to be put onto their property. So a lot more, um, development started in the St. Paul area, the Headingley area, uh, Ile de Chaine, Lorette, these bedroom communities, Oak Bank are, are really expanding. And, and part of that factor, not the sole factor, but part of that factor could have been the growth tax um, effect. And plus, there's not much land left in Winnipeg to develop. Um, I know every year we have, uh, we have our forecast meeting and, and we always talk about developable land left in the city of Winnipeg and it, every year it shrinks more and more. Well, David, Jennifer, appreciate all of your comments. We've had some great conversation. It's been incredibly informative. To all our listeners, thank you for joining us. And please listen to part two of the episode for even more insight on what has been a transformative year in Manitoba real estate.